0: Blog Talk
1: Radio. Keep waiting for the music. Where is the music? Sometimes you meet somebody just blows your mind. Yeah. Sometimes you don't. Everybody, good morning, Tom Hayes here on Blog Talk Radio, Upbeat with Tom Hayes, and my very special guest, and always great to have him on the show, Mr. Brian Kalkin. He's there, but I, I want to give him his, his propers. I'm going to give you your propers. Okay. <laughs> Brian is a, I met Brian at the uh, Apple store in Braintree a few years ago, and he's a documentarian, um, a man of many. I, I think we could call you a, definitely a modern-day Renaissance man, Brian but okay. the latest thing, and I was just overjoyed to hear it, you have a a uh, journal, uh Internet journal. Can we call it that?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Online
1: Internet, yeah. yeah gentrification of Boston, one of my favorite rants, personally, <laughs> and to know this, that you've touched on this. And we're just going to let everybody know right up in front, Brian doesn't do this. Yeah, and he does this as an adjunct to all of the other amazing creative things that he does do in terms of media and connecting with people and giving people. He was a history major, and uh, at Skidmore, and uh, can I say all-American athlete? I just did. Sure. <laughs> so you have many, uh, many talents, and this one is simply, I think, a work of passion, a work of love,
0: um, and uh, yeah, definitely definitely look yeah. I, I yeah think for
1: sure and and, and and in a day when uh simplicity and the lowest common denominator <clears throat> seem to be the norm this is truly uh for the uh, recondite and uh extremely brilliant writing so uh congratulations yeah so thank what you. what uh like I guess I want to ask you first what uh prompted you 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 you've done some documentaries about the death of basketball and the city yeah. and um, and you know so I think this was all and you talked about because of your it has to be because of your your work in um, studying history that you can see things from the this, you know from the viewpoint of a historian because you, yeah. you certainly give that and you give us a thread of what's happening to the fabric of America so how did you get
0: here yeah well no like the so like the creative work that I'm doing right now was the few document uh few documentary films that I've I directed two so far that I completed and a third's almost done. And then also with the um the books that I've been working on. And also like the main things is these screenplays that I've been working on, but um which are hopefully going to be turned into narrative films versus documentaries. But a lot of the themes that I'm, I seem to be coming back to is this um you know, gentrification is kind of a confusing thing. It's it's simplified a lot of the times. People just look at it as like, you know, rich people moving into a an urban neighborhood that was once essentially a working class or even a poor neighborhood that was occupied by some kind of industrial economic paradigm. And, and in recent years, people have come in either from the suburbs or from maybe a different country or from wherever and essentially displaced those people. And I guess that's true on a surface level. I mean, there's no doubt that there's something to that, but I just think there's something far deeper happening that my creative work is tending to look at, like the like the effects of this process not only on individual people, but also on um the idea of organic communities and the idea of social cohesiveness and how that is becoming really, really hard, especially in the city, right? Because the whole world is transitioning to city living you know it's it's radically you know we're we're in a situation now literally where in 30 maybe 20 30 years from now the city you live in is going to be way more important than the country you live in i mean we're we're actually witnessing you know countries nationalities essentially dispersing you know and 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 we're emerging into a place where we're going to be living in a world of cities versus a world of countries so the city becomes the focus not only of, you know, the theoretician and the, and the, and the academic and, of course, the, the uh, entrepreneur, but it also becomes the focus of the artist and how to think about that and how to look at that. So um, I guess for me, like these essays and the – I don't know if you mentioned the official website, but it's the, the gentrificationofboston.com. Yep. um These yep. essays are, um, you know, most likely will end up – Going into a book, you know, I mean, I've I just started it a couple months ago, and I think there's a, or a month ago, and there's already almost thirty thousand words I've written, so it's basically, you know, a hundred page book already, you know. Um, yep. It yep. have to be further edited and everything, but yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll probably like my idea was to write twenty essays, and I think I've written nine so far, so I have like eleven more kind of diagrammed out, and I just have to fill in the holes. But that's that's kind of the goal. But the reason why I'm doing it to me is because it's helping me think about. The other stuff that I'm doing, like the screenplays that I'm writing, the films that I want to direct, um, the film, the documentary films I've always, I, I've already directed, and then also too, like you know, for, for being an athlete, you know, to me, like seeing the real tragedy of basketball being um, completely exiled from the city is something that's it's, it's it's more of a personal thing for me. You know, you I mean? see seeing sure. that process and 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 the film, the mission was. It wasn't just about basketball. It was about public housing, you know, the Mission Hill housing projects and public housing in general in America. But also, part of that, of course, was, you know, Mission Hill produced nine NBA players that were either, that either played or were drafted in the NBA over, you know, a 25, 30 year period. And now that possibility, like the possibility of an NBA player coming from Mission Hill today is just. Impossible. Yeah, it's, it's totally right. the the all all of the social conditions that were there, that were present to produce the basketball player have been eviscerated, and they're gone. And you know it's funny that Shabazz Napier, who was the last you know who's in the NBA right now, who won the national championship at UConn, was really like the like the swan song on Mission Hill. And I mean, it, it couldn't have ended any better, right? A national championship, being drafted in the NBA, and and he was kind of in this long line of players, you know, from Ron Jackson to Wayne Turner to Will Blaylock, all these like, you know, top national player, King Gaskins tried the best of all of them, um, who had a really kind of tragic ending to his life. But, you know, you, you look at that ending with Shabazz and, you know, and it's just the fact there there's, there's no Shabazz coming after Shabazz. It's, it's over, you know? And, right. um, there's something to be said about that. There's something to, to be sad about. And I guess for me, like one of the things that I don't know if I'd say disturbing, but one of the things that people will say, like when I say, okay, that's, this is problematic. People will say, well, you know, back in mission Hill in the eighties and nineties, it was so dangerous and people were getting you know killed every day. And there were drugs in the street. And that's why they, they were so good at basketball because they, cause they gravitated towards that. And, and of course, there's truth, there's truth to that, right? Mission Hill was a very dangerous place, but I think for me, like, it's like, well, yeah, that's true, but why does it have to go from that to like this hyper gentrified space with no kids and no, you know, like random right. new sports? Like, why yeah. does it have to go from that to that? Why can't it go from like those same people living there in a community, but having nine to five jobs and, and, and living decent lives? Like, why does it have to be one or the other? And I, And I think that's the Thing that people don't really, I mean, it's, to me, it's, like, very logical. It's, like, why does it have to go from this to that? Like, there's other options. There's other possibilities. And that's the thing that's, you know, it's it's kind of funny because the one thing that I've, I've gotten in writing these essays, I've definitely gotten a lot of good feedback, and I've gotten a lot of hits on the site, too, with, you know, no just basically putting it on my Facebook page. But one of the things that, it's interesting because, you know, the type of writing that I engage in, is, you know, it's, it's I wouldn't necessarily call it academic. I mean, it is in a sense, but it's it's more like creative and, and intellectual than like purely academic because I'm not, you know, putting these neighborhoods under like a scientific gaze and quantifying all my observations. It's it's more writing in a tradition of, of, of philosophical or sociological inquiry. And the, it's funny because, you know, to me what I'm saying is, what I'm saying very simple. It's very commonsensical. And, of course, I'm writing it in kind of a complex form that, you know, brings forth all these metaphors and comparisons and, and using I, – I always use film to kind of get my point across. I try, at least, in, in most of my essays, to use a movie to, to explain what I'm trying to say. Um, so people are like, God, it's just so complicated. I, I wish it was – written easier you know what I mean so it's 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 which which is true though to to a point it's if you're not used to reading in that style it can be a little bit um um so it's it's kind of like this 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 uh simplified complexity or this this um complexified simplicity one or the other I, I don't know how you'd look at it but Well,
1: to me, I found it totally refreshing to be engaged on that level because as I started off with the introduction, that is vacant uh, today. You know, it's everything that's written down, dumbed down, et cetera. So to make somebody, and they don't even have to, I mean, I don't know what they're complaining about. They don't even have to open a dictionary anymore. They can just Google it. (laughs) 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 Or can they use their three fingers on the word and they'll get a synonym, Uh, Uh, you know, So, no, I find it very, um, very enlightening uh, Mm -hmm. to probe the way that you are probing. I think uh, Mm -hmm. again, it's been a favorite rant, you know, and and I think you bring it out here. This is a shock to the the system and to the way that America was and kind of is, but it's rapidly changing. But it's a total Mm -hmm. shock to to the cities. What it's is, a shock to the old neighbors. Oh, yeah.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, and, yeah. and it's also yeah. as oh, you yeah. point
1: out. I think. Yeah, I think you're very generous in pointing out that the victims are not simply the people who are being displaced. But I love the way that you're saying addressing a real crisis, which is the robotization, the you know, the the loss of the anonymity of the 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 gentrified.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no. I mean, it's that's another problem I think too. It's like when you go into the urban neighborhood, it's the way. Again, this is a very complicated thing, right? So the way people have to digest it and think about it, you know, you live in South Boston, so take South Boston for example. People will say it's the South Boston person versus the yuppie, right? And that, of course, is the that's the worst way to think about it. I mean, that's the absolute worst way to think about it because you You totally obfuscate what's actually happening, and um you miss the layers of complexity the 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 subtleness of what gentrification actually is and you know like as I said, the technical like if you were to look up gentrification in the dictionary the the etymology of the word gentrification" comes from some gentry, which of course is kind of like a, a more wealthier or, or landed class um so it it evokes as i said in the beginning this idea of, of wealthier people displacing poor people that were once part of an urban neighborhood but we we should also recognize that gentrification that's taking place right now in american cities and and not just american cities in global cities like you know like you think of what's happening in mumbai with like the if you seen that movie slum dog millionaire which is an excellent film oh yeah Um Love those those, yeah. those those neighborhoods are being cleared away for you know condos and, and whatever high rise you know whatever they call them there, and the same thing in let's say rio with with the with the favelas which are really located just right. on the hill up from, up up from Copacabana or Ipanema, and you know a similar thing's happening there let's say in South Boston or the north end of Mission hill, so it's a global phenomenon, but i mean look at Paris in the eighteen forties when 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 um, when Napoleon had Haussmann reconfigured the, the entire um, spatial parameters of Paris, and then all of a sudden the Impressionists come and start painting this this kind of disruption, like Monet and Renoir and Monet ten years later. So gentrification has has come historically in different shapes and forms, but what what we're seeing now is essentially um, a situation, at least in American cities, and again it's def- it's different for each city, like. Like Chicago, for example, it hasn't even happened near to what's happening in, let's say, Boston, New York, just because Chicago is so geographically huge and and, and, and wide that it can't happen at the intensity it's happening in a place like Bo- – I think the worst place of all has to be, for me, Washington, D.C. I mean, that's truly incredible what's happening down there. I mean, truly, truly incredible. And it makes it, it makes what's happening in Boston almost not even that bad. Um Really? Oh, it's it's amazing down there. And then, of course, New York, Brooklyn. I mean, there's a great book, um, Naked City by Sharon Zukin. that talks about what happened in Williamsburg, uh, Brooklyn, over the past 10 years, which is really a great kind of case study of gentrification um, as a tra- transition from this kind of, you know, Polish, working-class neighborhood. And then the artists in Soho, as they were starting to get pushed out in the late 80s and 90s, start trickling over to Brooklyn. And then... You know, and then there's that great uh, part of Sex in the City when Miranda, one of the characters, you know, moves to Brooklyn, and you know, to kind of to, to kind of tap into what's actually happening in the concrete um, dimensions of of, of city re- reconfigurations. And now, of course, Brooklyn, uh, Williamsburg, Brooklyn. I mean, it's, it's 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 maybe even more expensive than parts of Manhattan. I mean, it's amazing. So it's it's this <laughs> kind of it's 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 um and you know to take let's say in Boston where gentrification in its current form, let's say happened, started to happen in in the South end in the late 70s, early 80s. Then it moved into the North end in the mid 80s. Then it moved into Charlestown. And then by the late 90s, it just kind of started to spread everywhere. And and, and now you're seeing it essentially throughout the whole city. Maybe parts of Hyde Park or Manhattan aren't really there yet, but they'll get there. Believe me, you know, it's just a matter of time before things start to move down there. And, the, I guess back to the original point is that the way to think about it for me is like the, the definition that I used and, and really made up myself is I evoked um, um, some of the discourse that's central to Gestalt therapy, which is a which is a psychological system developed by um, Fritz Perls and Paul Goodman in the 1950s, which is about this idea of contact, how the individual makes contact with his environment. So to me, gentrification, mm-hmm. it's not, um, it's its just the way we, we, it's its the way a neighborhood and the people in the neighborhood make contact with each other in the space that they live in. And when you look at, let's say, an old, like an old neighborhood in Boston, like let's say South Boston 20 years ago or South Boston 80 years ago or Dorchester 20 years or, or Dorchester 80 years ago, there's a, there, there's a different kind of contact process happening in the, versus today in the sense that. There's a more organic neighborhood. The, the the social systems are way more highly organized. Um, there's more solidarity. There's more history. There's more meaning. You know, I always use the example, you can go across the street and borrow butter from your neighbor without a problem. Whereas today, you know, I mean, imagine in South today if somebody like walked across the street and, hey, can I borrow some butter? I mean, that would be like almost crazy. You'd think the person was like, you know, insane or something like that. So it's, it's – um, Tom, are you there? Hello?
1: Boy, oh boy, uh, lost the show for a second. I hope Ryan calls back in. Let me text him. Um had a little technical problem here. Um here we go.
0: Okay, let's see. Oh, okay, there he is.
1: Good, 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 good. Sorry about that, Brian. We had a little technical okay. pitch there.
0: That's okay. Uh, uh, so where 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 was I before we got cut off?
1: Uh, just, you know, we're getting right to the crux of the matter with the what the real problem is. Um, you know, the fact that, you know, what's going on in Washington, what's going on in Brooklyn, you know, you have the artists, you know, moving out of... Uh, okay, yeah.
0: Well, what, what I was kind of getting back to my original point is that did I mention gestalt therapy yet, or, or was that cut off already before that? Gestalt therapy
1: and the connection of the individual to his environment, yep.
0: Okay, okay, so I did say that. All right, so what I'm, I guess back to the original point is that, like, hypothetically, like the North End 20 years ago or the North End 100 years ago versus today or Dorchester 20 years ago versus today, the, the main difference is this. Is this uh, contact relationship between the people and the neighborhood with each other, with with the neighborhood itself, and that you know, 20, 50, 60 years ago, there was more of an organic whole system of relationships. There was um, there was more community history, there was more community meaning, there was more of a you know, the social world was more elevated, let's say, than just the pure. Um, relations of the economic world. So today, of course, what you're seeing is that what's most important is the economy, not the social world. So that's a real clear difference between a gentrified neighborhood and a quote-unquote traditional neighborhood, is this inversion of social versus economic. Today, it's like like everything is e- like an economic relationship, right? How much money you can make in your house, da-da-da-da. And so you essentially see the, like when that happens, the contact becomes less intimate, less authentic. You know, I, I always use as an example. Are you there, Tom? Yeah, I'm listening. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So so what I'm saying is as an like one of the examples I always invoke is that, you know, today, if somebody walked across your street, let's say, and selfie, let's say, and knocking on your door, just, just some random neighbor, hey, can I, can I borrow a stick of butter? You, you look at them like they were crazy. You know what I mean? Whereas, whereas right. 30 years ago, that would be totally normal. It would just be part of right. general neighborhood dynamics in the sense of of sharing aspects of life. And under a gentrified, under the ideology, and that's the thing too. Gentrification isn't it's it's a it's an ideological system. It's it's not a thing. It's a it's a it's an ideology, almost literally like a religion. I mean, it's it's. Put it this way, gentrification has way more religious overtones than people want to give it credit for. I mean, it's very, you know, because we we live now, like the whole world we live in is essentially this post-religious world where all traditional religions are basically kind of, you know, yeah, that's nice, but it doesn't really mean anything. Science is what matters now. So people still need that something to have meaning in their life, no matter what, you know what I mean? And so gentrification becomes this kind of pseudo-religious type of situation, and um, and as I was saying, yeah. with that right. with that and, inversion, and the, yeah. Anyway,
1: right. And the individuals, and I think you bring that out beautifully in the articles, is you do shift it from what most people target, you know, is the poor being moved out, to yeah. So, but the people that are supplanting those people are lost.
0: And, yeah. And yeah. Again, well, that's. I mean, that's a thing too that that like the quote-unquote neighborhood people like they look at the new people that come in and think oh these people have so much money they their life's so easy you know they live in these nice condos and then look at us we have nothing and and they that totally misses the point i mean big time because like these people that quote-unquote these people right i hate to say it like that but you know that that word people use the yuppie quote-unquote people are are deeply suffering. I mean, their whole life is like paying their mortgage and, you know, going to networking events and, you know, the endless stream of, of, of meetings and da 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 And they totally lose that sense of neighborhood, that sense of particularity that wants to find, you know, n- inner-city neighborhoods. So the, the yuppie for, like, let's say the selfie person, it's like a bipolar symbolism in the sense that in one way... They represent these notions of like economic displacement and oppression, right? because they're they're moving in they're kicking them out, and they're moving to Weymouth or Brockton or Braintree wherever they go. but on the other sense, they represent like this symbol of pleasure and leisure and happiness, so it's really like totally confusing, and that's why, in the last essay I wrote, I used the example of the two thousand and ten Ben film the town i mean that i mean that film when when you look at it from gentrification kind of standpoint. I mean, it, it just describes it absolutely perfectly. And, of course, no one really sees this because everyone thinks the film is about bank robbery. But, of course, ultimately, that film is about this relationship between Ben Affleck, who is the quote-unquote Charlestown bank robber, old-school Boston person, and Rebecca Hall's character, who her name is Claire Keefe, who is this, you know, yuppie bank teller who lives you know, you know, who bought a condo in Charleston, basically. You know what I'm saying? And what you have right. in that film is, is you see that dynamic. I mean, really good. Because what's happening in that film is Ben Affleck, who's basically representing the old Boston, is looking at Claire and saying, God, he's basically saying, God, I can't stand this old way of living. Like, I'm robbing banks. I'm, I'm kind of, like, involved with all this drama I don't want to be involved with. All I all I want in my life is just to have a nice life like Claire. I mean, she seems so simple and like her, you know, like she doesn't get arrested and you, you know what I mean like they like he's looking right. at her and he's, he's basically saying that. But what what we don't realize is Claire is saying the exact same thing in a different way. She's looking at Ben, the bank robber and saying essentially, god, my life working at this bank is so miserable. Like, I can't stand it. Like, it's, it's just, it's, it's so devoid of meaning. And, you know, this, this, this lawyer I was dating was such a jerk. I can't stand him. Yeah, sure, you know, Ben might be, or the, Ben's name is Doug McRae in the film. Sure, he might rob a couple banks, and sure, he might be a little crazy, but it doesn't matter because I want real, I want a real relationship. I don't want these surface relationships. So it's, it's really funny how that film Totally it encapsulates that divide that we see all the time in Boston between the, the quote unquote yuppie and the quote unquote neighborhood person. It, it just describes it. And from the standpoint of gentrification, the problem with the film, from the from, from the gentrification standpoint, is that it doesn't result like that film. Actually, in my opinion, it's like gasoline to gentrification. It, it makes it go like 20 times faster. Because at the end of the film. It just leaves you in this like total suspension. It 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 does not resolve. A, they don't like. There's this kind of you don't know if they're going to get together. They might get together. Like Ben basically robs Fenway Park and they like kind of escape somewhere. And he sends her the money. And then she, which is like totally bizarre, she takes the money and donates it donates it to some Charlestown hockey rink. So I mean, it's like like the, like, <laughs> like 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 the Boston person watching this is like totally confused at the end. I mean, they're, they're like, what is going on? Of course, a lot of this is unconscious. They're just seeing this and, and not getting what's happening. And so there's no articulation that explains, I mean, it, it confuses the situation. I, I can't even tell you what that film, how how, it's weird. It explains it in the sense that it just shows how confusing it is. You know what I'm saying? If, if that makes sense. right? It, it just well, tells you... A nothing... great
1: line in, yeah, but there's a great line in there where he says, not, I can't wait to put this city into my rear window.
0: Yeah, totally. Definitely. And, and and that's another thing is that he's from this traumatic background in Charlestown where to him, Boston is like, you know, Charlestown in the 70s and 80s. It's like this violent place, right. people are robbing banks, you know, don't, it's, it's, it's a tough place. And now all of a sudden Charlestown because Claire moved there, right, it's turning into this this place where somebody like Dougie McRae isn't welcome there anymore. So he's like, he doesn't know what to do. He's like, you know, the yuppies won't accept me, but maybe Claire will. My friends are going to kill me, so I better get the hell out of here. You know what I mean? Right. So it's it, it, it brings forth this, this dimensionality of the just absolute confusion that people are seeing right now in Boston. And right. I think that's it's it's really a great film to look at this. The, I think the point for me is that what the film does really good is that it shows this kind of mutual fascination that the, the yuppie has towards the neighborhood person and the neighborhood person has towards the yuppie in the sense that they both kind of want to beat each other. You know what I mean? But they'll both deny that to the hilt. You know what I mean? Like, neither will admit that. But it's it's just so obvious in the film that a flex describing the truth of what ha- what's happening in Boston. I mean, he really nails it perfectly, you know? Yeah, and I think, um, well, I
1: I was right in the middle of that, that being here for 25 years and living in Boston, my roots were in Roxbury. And then my teen years, I hung out in the true Southie with all the grit, with all of the gangs, and, you know, with yeah. the, the crime and... And I told my friends at the time, I mean, I got to be about twenty, twenty one in college and I'm still hanging out here and these are people that I just deeply <laughs> love. And I said, South Boston will be the last place I would ever live. And ironically, it's prophetic because
0: it will be if I I have a run right away it'll be the last <laughs> For place. But now look at how beautiful it is though. You know, and, and and it always was beautiful, that's the thing. It's it never well, was yeah, so beautiful, it's just and well, it was so dangerous. so dangerous. It was just so scary. No, there, you know? there was a period, like all city neighborhoods, from let's say the mid '60s to the mid '90s. But that—that that was basically in every city in America, because you know right. the entire economic system that was in place from let's say 19. South Boston in like the 1920s was a was a thriving. I mean, yeah, it was a tough inner city neighborhood, but it it was like stable family. I mean, that—that's where my great grandfather came from Ireland, and my grandfather. Grew up with eight of his siblings. I mean, it was a it was a place of of like these stable families, and everyone has full time jobs, and everyone's working, and you know, this bursting um, assemblage of Irish culture. And then after the war, you enter into the crisis period of the city, which is basically from the 60s to the 90s, when all of those systems that were in place prior to the Second World War, mainly the economic systems, because the the economy. Starts to enter into this this idea of globalization. Boston yep. factories that, that are selling wallpaper or whatever to Boston people, they're going to China or they're going to Vietnam or where, wherever right. they're going, and and that's disrupting the whole social system in these neighborhoods. So you have like this thirty-year period where all the neighborhoods become, and you know, and another essay I use, of course, Goodwill Hunting, where Goodwill like Good Goodwill Hunting came out in ninety-seven, right? I mean that film is basically showing like the last men standing in selfie of the old, like it's like everything, right. it's it's like they're the last ones left. And like to me, when people say Goodwill Hunting represents true South Boston culture, I'm always like, no, it doesn't. It represents like the total death of it's like It's like representing this kind of disintegration. I mean, look at Goodwill Hunting, like how dysfunctional is that neighborhood? I mean, it's crazy. And, oh, yeah. and, and of course, it's no coincidence that the, the very day Goodwill Hunting comes out, people go to selfie and start buying condos. I mean, it's of course, because you look at that right. film and you're like, Oh my, Oh my God. It's right next to downtown Boston. The people there yep. are obviously totally crazy. So we can just probably go in there and buy all their places. They won't even know. You know what I mean? Right. So that's, that's essentially what that film does. And, and now you have essentially from the late nineties to now is you have the reversal of what happened after the war where the city starts to rebuild itself, right, in a totally different way as a global city that's centered around, uh, you know, capital relations, um, incredible technology, obviously. I mean, that's really the main thing. It's like this unbelievable proliferation of technological sciences. And Boston, especially, you have, like, the whole biomedical field um, that's changing the whole landscape of the city. But, you know... Back to um, Tom. Huh? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. But back to that that period of um, of between the '60s and the '90s when the city enters the crisis period. That's really when you have basketball becoming the sport of the city. Whereas before the war, like in, in one of the essays that I have in the site that I'm posting is like. If you divide the city, right, let's, let's say Boston, into three periods, number one would be like 1900 to the middle of the uh, 20th, 20th century, like 1900, let's say 1950, and the sport of the city at that time was boxing, because boxing yeah. represented the economy. It represented the industrial economy, this idea of manual, organized, collective manual labor, and boxing becomes, as it was, the most popular sport in America. And then as the American factories start to close after the war, you have this, like, breakdown of society. Like, you know, you you have, like, the crime and the drugs and the crack and all the stuff that was part of the city from the 60s to the 90s, and that's when basketball comes in. Because street basketball is, like, you know, the total representation of this, like, crazy neighborhood where people are out in the streets and kind of engaging in these, like, creative acts. You have hip-hop music, which is... A great corollary to to uh, street basketball, and you have and, na- and now for me in my analysis, the new activity of of, of the neighborhood is yoga, right? You have yeah. you have yoga studios now. <laughs> true, you know, it's yeah. true. It's no, it's absolutely true. It's so so so, you, so you, you can kind of for me the the way I think about it is like the first half of the twentieth century, the neighborhood activity of the city was boxing because it embodied and lived out the principles of the industrial economy, toughness, hard body, durability, working, um, you know, all those things that that once, with a reason, you know, um, an ethnic consciousness, like I'm Irish, I'm black, I'm Italian, whatever. Then as you move into the post-war situation, you have the city of crisis, and that's when basketball comes in. Because that, I mean, if you look at basketball before the Second World War, it's like guys with, like white guys with shorts up to their, you know, right. high size, like,
1: you know, <laughs> George,
0: Mike, and do It's this really boring game of basketball. But what happens in the 60s, and, and really to me, Jimmy Walker from Mission Hill, he's like, to me, one of the guys that really revolutionized basketball in a big way. The spin move, behind the back, the, the fast right. break, the slam dunk. I mean, these moves, when you look at it, they're like the opposite of boxing is like, like boxing pulses with the factory; it pulses with the time clock. Where basketball, right. in, in particularly like playground basketball, it's pulsing with the closing of the factory. It's like all those rules that once governed the factory are like gone, and now it's like okay, let's put it between our legs. Let's let's do it behind the back pass. Let's 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 do a fast break, right? Right. And then what happens? in the late 90s when gentrification starts to come in, then you start to see yoga taking on that new role because yoga... Well, I, I would,
1: I would, I, yeah, but I would also interject bigger than yoga is jogging,
0: running, running is the sport. No, it is, but it's, it's, no, and again, I'm not saying like, you know, hockey was big during basketball too. I'm, I'm not saying it's yeah. the i one thing. I'm, I'm just saying right. yoga can tell us a lot about the situation because
1: sure, the sure. economy
0: of today, I mean, what's, what's the main thing the global economy demands of today? Flexibility, without question. The, right. the workers of today are expected to be hyper-flexible, hyper-mobile, always changing their jobs, always working from their smartphones, da-da-da-da-da. And yoga, and again, yoga to me, because I, I, I practice yoga all the time by myself mostly because like when, when I see the way yoga operates in the city today, it, it's kind of like not, to me at least, it has this obscene version of yoga in that like, what, what yoga does really good is it allows people to, like, deal with the trauma of gentrification. Like, people are so friggin' stressed out that they go to a yoga studio and, you know, like, doing a class allows them to, you know, kind of deal with themselves for that day. But for me, I think yoga, in, in the way it's practiced in certain ways, it makes the situation even worse. Because Could. It, you can, because you stop to have like critical thought and you stop to have um, you stop to look at the situation for what it is and you adopt this yoga gaze. It's like oh everything is great, all is well yep. da 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 da. Yep. And it and yep. it stops the situation. Now yep. and I should just say this to defend yoga. Of course, there's a possibility of practicing yoga and still being able to have this real critical gaze um, and and knowing right from wrong and, and da 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 da. But right, but in, in, the in point month, that I'm getting right. at is that basketball yeah. and boxing—they're no longer part of the city. They're gone, you know. And, right. and you see, like you know, of course they're not totally gone. You see little threads of it here and there, but as like a like as a daily, like for instance, I went to a basketball tournament in Roxbury over the weekend, the score for more, the score for more tournament over by Roxbury Crossing. And it was it was awesome. It was like the old days. It was this big, huge event, tons of people great basketball, but that's a once-in-a-summer thing, though. That, that's not happening. Right. Whereas, right. like, 30 years ago, that was like a daily thing. You know, you'd go to the park, yeah. and it was, like, packed with people every day playing, and now most right. times you go to the park, it's gone, and, of course, boxing is totally gone. I mean, that's that's just dead. And um, boxing, in, like, the real sense of the word boxing, like becoming a professional boxer, paradoxically, you do now see these kind of... Um, Boxing workout things happening, but that's that's not like proper boxing in the sense that you're training no. a professional boxer. That's just a no. workout. But the point is, is like now you go to a yoga studio, it's packed every night. It's it's yep. it's almost like a, a basketball playground in the 1970s. It's every night you go to the like a big studio, like let's say Back Bay Yoga in Boylston and South Boston and on Broadway, completely packed with people. So the point that I'm getting at is not that running isn't the sport of. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of things, but to me, yoga, in the same way boxing once did, in the same way basketball once did, embodies the the the, the zeitgeist of the time. It 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 just it just really encapsulates the relationship between the city yeah.
1: and the economy. I agree, and it yeah, and the thing is, it's tribal. It's Totally, totally tribal.
0: tribal. Totally, but in a different way, though. And, and again, there's. You know, you think about boxing as, as an example, you know, and certainly basketball I think it was an outside thing. But, I mean, you look at boxing in, like, let's say the 20s, right, which is really like the, the golden period of as boxing made its national ascent. You know, Jack Dempsey, Tunney, right. you get this kind of feeling that boxing is becoming the American sport. I mean... I think, you know, if you've seen Cinderella Man, Russell Crowe, it's it's great in the sense oh, that when yep. w- when they show him, like, training in the gym, it's not just a boxer. It's not just a gym full of boxers and a trainer. It's also all the neighborhood people watching. It's like this it's this uh, real genuine community event. But, I mean, if you want to go be part of a yoga community, you can't just go in and watch them do it. you got to pay. You know what you mean? So, again, yeah. it, it, it it subverts this notion of what's what right there's, is, the, you know there's what I mean? the tribal right there's the tribal element it's it's yeah elite. but it's tribal it's it's more like tribal it's like tribal under the influence of, of globalization and capitalism right. you know or like a right. perverted capitalism i i don't want to right come out like right. i'm right. always like when i like say something about capital in my in my um essays i'm always because people of course oh if you don't like global capital you must be a communist which i'm definitely not <laughs> but to me, it's more like looking at this uh, this kind of obscene version of capital that we have today, which is um, you know it's it's almost like Stalinism of of communism. It's it's just taking these the principles, let's say, of Adam Smith or von Mises, and just turning them on their head, which is reaping these these horrifying um, right.
1: I mean, it, effects, right and Smith know? right. Smith was all about the invisible hand, and he was all about pure competition, not. This you know oligarchical thing that yeah, we have today, definitely,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, ideal. I mean, to me, ideally, what what you'd love to see in the world is just a society of small businesses. I mean, that would be great. You know, yeah, a society of right. small businesses, right. of, of, a right. world
1: of everything gets of, distributed, of, wealth gets distributed. Yeah, I yeah. you know yeah. yeah.
0: mean, I mean, everything that's, everything I mean gets that's distributed. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the obvious. That's the obvious solution that you'd want to have in the world It's just a it's just a world of small businesses, a, a world of communities, right. you know? And and right. and um and it's funny, in that sense, I guess, maybe either socialism or capitalism would work fine, because I guess, in, in their purest sense, both of them would want that, you know? And um, yeah. Well, that's what
1: I always, when I read Marx, I found out he and Smith were basically saying the same thing,
0: well, you know, they I'm were trying the, to get to the oh, point. Oh, I wouldn't yeah. go that far, but <laughs> I think well, I mean, well, at the end the, of the day, not
1: well, they both wanted distribution, equal distribution. You know, and Yeah, they, and they were both
0: trying to... I think the way to say it is that they were both criticizing oppressive practices and they right. were trying to create a sense of freedom in the world. And they both took th- right. very different ways to do it. But to me, at this point, it's kind of irrelevant as long as it happens. Yeah. And, it's, yeah, and, it's that's, and that's the thing. And so... Yeah, I, I don't know, man. It's 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 just it's just to me. Well, the question,
1: try I, to, I you know, I, I, think, cre- create yeah, I know you only have and, I don't right. I know you only have forty five minutes. We're coming up to that, so the question. No, about, I really. I have about fifteen more minutes. Okay,
0: box, so it's, it's okay.
1: Okay. Yeah. What you know, in reading the articles, I mean, it just you know, it's it's a total wake up call. I mean, there's so, so much great truth in there, and you do give it both sides. So my question is what what do you say to the individual on both sides what do you say to them how do you how do you deal with this how do you make, get, you just alluded to it a little bit ago about you know going to that space within and getting and still maintaining a critical eye instead of you know yeah. yoga or whatever they, they they become panaceas you know they become yeah, you know yeah.
0: Yeah, they're, they're well, just, I mean, you're right. I, I, it's I, I a don't way of do building a I mean, yeah. I think,
1: obviously, when you're, well, yeah, well, you know, when you, when do you do yoga, try to live a life with relax.
0: meaning, obviously, I think. You know, you try to yeah, live a life that has, that has meaning. And, you know, of course, if, if your whole life is devoted to paying your mortgage, it's it's hard to live a life with meaning, you know, because your meaning becomes right. keeping, keeping your head above water. So I think the right. goal politically is to create a, a community, or create a city where that's not the way people live you know, and people have a, people live in a way that they can create meaning both for themselves and create meaning in groups and of course create meaning for kids. I mean God. I mean I, I I always look at kids today and I'm like, I feel so bad for you growing up in this world. It's just like oh my like my my sister and brother, like my brother has two kids, my sister has one and she could be having her second one today maybe. But I look at them and I'm like, God, like I just it's just not fair what they have to go like to be subjected to like iPads and iPhones and all this stuff, it's 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 just it's just a scene, you know?
1: right. parents farm yeah. them out. Yeah. You know, they're in little farms. Yeah. You know, they they yeah. don't get the attention, the care, the love, and and it propagates more. I mean, it's going to get worse
0: if without them. Well, mom it, the it might it might it, it could also get better. I mean, it's, it's definitely one of those things where ho- hopefully it will. But you know, you you need you need some kind of vision to, for that to happen. Um, but no, I mean, I, I mean, for me, it's, it's trying to, um, a, as I said, develop a life, live a life where, you know, you have some kind of meaning and, you know, you're living a life. Hopefully yeah, okay. Well, let's
1: put it, let's, let's see if we can make it more concrete. You have a kid, let's assume you have a kid. What would yeah. you say to your kid in the, uh, you know, approaching his teens? and ready to jump into this crazy... Before he he goes to college, let's do it that way. You got a kid who's going through high school, and what are your words to him? How would you say, listen, this is a crazy,
0: (laughs) crazy globalized community. What do you do? That's, like, so unfair, because I'd probably say something totally... Because, like, you're a parent, you'd be all stressed out saying stupid stuff. So I... I don't even know what I'm saying. Well, say okay, say, 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 say a kid in the neighborhood. Well, I mean, you know, and, and, and that's the thing, because I've talked to my brother about this a lot, and it's you you kind of have this Sophie's Choice, because in one sense, you don't want them to be on a computer all day. You want them to, you know, develop their their humanity, right? But in the other sense, the whole world is becoming more and more glued to a pixelated screen and the digital interface, and you don't want your kid to, like, fall behind so when they graduate college, they can't even get a job. You know what I mean? Because, like... That's, but, so it's, I, I really can't answer that question because it's just really hard and, and even thinking about it is stressful to me because you don't really know what to do, but, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, that's the whole point of it. It's, it's kind of like nightmarish in a way. So, I don't know. I mean, I really don't. I mean, yeah, well, I well me, I
1: think, that's the conundrum, isn't
0: it? It's like, yeah, okay. I think for me, yeah, you know, what, you know, just because I have an athletic ahead. background, it's, it's like exposing them to like physical stuff, um, yep. and, and not, like not in the, like the not like the hyper like not the hyper organized. That's the other thing too about youth sports today. I'm like, oh. oh my god, it's like it's like the NBA and they're like five. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe have yep. may, who knows? Find some other sport. Yeah, anyway, the point is, you know, get, getting them involved in physical activity and hopefully uh, something like chess and hopefully I don't know whatever. I, I don't even know, man. That's a, that's a tough question. I, I wasn't expecting that one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think it's something that uh, maybe you know you you uh, let it engender a little bit and come up with an article on that. Uh, yeah, you know, or invite yeah, no, some I, I, some I dialogue it. on that. You know, but yeah. I think that's that is it. Is really is what do you know? This is what we have now. How do you navigate to it as an
0: individual? So what? Like one one of the articles that I'm just just sort of finished up. That I'm I'm going to post in the next week or so. It's the title of it is Boston X, because you ask, like, what what should people do or something like that. And it's, like, one of the things that I always – I wouldn't say laugh, but one of the things that always amuses me in the sense that if, if you go to, let's say, a community meeting, wherever, in the West End of Charlestown or Georgia, whatever, and, like, all the people from the neighborhood, right, about – let's say there's a meeting about a development, right? And it's always people show up and say, we don't want the development, da 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 and let's say, um, you know, let's say selfie for example, like everyone shows up there, their selfie shirts on, essentially saying, like, we don't want this anymore, we want the old neighborhood back. But but what that does, I mean it's amazing because to me, again, it's it's like fuel to the fire. It it just makes it go faster. So to me, like the old neighborhoods are gone. Like they're 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 gone. And there's no point even thinking about going back there. But the question becomes what do we do instead? You know, clearly million dollar condos really isn't that cool for anybody, including the people that live in there because they have to pay them and they don't like it either. Um, what do we do? And, you know, just taking a play from a, uh, a, a, a Boston thinker of, of note, of course, is Malcolm X in the sense of, and, and, and Zizek, who's really my guy who I read constantly, Slavoj Zizek is a contemporary philosopher. He says that people have the X, Malcolm X totally misread of what that means in the sense that the traditional interpretation of Malcolm X is that he put that X in front of his name at the end of his name because he was like a victim and like, you know, his whole family history, he lost it when he was came to Africa, from Africa, and he, you know, his family was a slave and, you know, like the little name, which is his real name, wasn't really his name so he put an X there to kind of show his um, his victimhood which, of course, that's true in a sense but Zizek's like, no, that's the total wrong reason why he did it. He did it because the X was the ultimate mark of freedom. It was it was like the moment he became Malcolm X was the moment he could become anything he wanted. It it it, it was Ooh. it was wiping the slate clean from the past and it was opening up something new. So to me, of course, that is the ultimate strategy for the for like let's say a neighborhood is to become an X and you open up a possibility of something totally new. So, like, hypothetically, like, in my mind, I always laugh about the situation. Let, let's let say there was a meeting in the North End, hypothetically. But the, well, the North End, there's really not many people left there, but let's just say hypothetically. And everyone from the North, like, old North End people came, and they had, like, X t-shirts, or, and, or they were like, we don't even care. We don't want the old North End back. We want to create something new. That would, like, scare the bejesus out of like, the develop, I mean, t- that would terrify the developers. Sure. I mean, terrify, sure. because they're expecting this pushback of, like, we want the old neighborhood back. Like, we don't want your development. But, of course, that only ignites the, 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 the fuel even further, so there's more development. But the moment you say, okay, fine, we don't want the old neighborhood back. We want something else. We're going to create something new. That's the moment when something can happen. That's that's yes, the like real that. moment something can happen. You know what I mean? And that's of course something that you need leadership for. But it's really you know, and it's funny too because of course Malcolm X, he developed his whole ideology essentially. You know, mo- most of his intellectual development happened when he was in prison at, at Concord State Prison, right after he after he was arrested for robbing those rich people's houses in Beacon Hill, right when he was living in in and 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 Dudley Square, and that's where he started to, you know, develop his, his intellectual ability which which at first was kind of right. you know, a little crazy with the nation of Islam and then by the end of his life, right before he was killed, it was really opening into this like really humanistic version of, of both mm-hmm. Islam and people and like that sense of militancy was, was kind of fading out for this possibility of genuine humanity, genuine love all these things mm-hmm. that Great. And it's it's really too bad because you you wonder what he would have been saying had he lived a couple more years. I mean, it was really, but the point that I'm getting at, I guess, and and again, this isn't my thing. This is what Zizek says, which I totally agree with, is is this idea that the X is not the mark of the victim. It's the mark of of freedom. It's the ultimate mark of, okay, you did this to me. You did this to my family. You beat me down. X. Now I'm something totally different. And that's, yep. I think, the, the strategy. Well, but of course, you know, it's,
1: the, the it's always fear of the un fear of the unknown is always the biggest fear.
0: Yeah, but I mean that. So I mean, yeah. Maybe, I, again, I don't. I mean, it's tough. I mean, you know, to me, it's like I'm 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 approaching this from an artistic perspective in the sense that I just put out ideas, and, and then you you let the the quote unquote politicians take it and run with it. I mean, that's how it's usually gone in the world, right? It's like the artist produces the idea. Right and then it's formulated philosophically, then it's formulated politically, and then science articulates the dimensions of the idea into concrete, quantifiable terms. So that's kind of right. what we're happening, what's happening. Right.
1: Well, it's uh, brilliant, brilliant stuff, and it couldn't be more timely. Uh, I think it. the fact that you, you know, I came away from your articles having empathy for what I thought was the enemy. And, yeah. You know, and see, and I think that's you know, it's
0: extremely no, significant. I, there's no bad people in this whole thing. That, that's just, I mean, even the developers. Right. I mean, you, you you can't even say they're bad because they're probably stressed out of their mind trying to pay their bills for their kid. I mean, it's 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 not a thing of right or wrong to me. You know what I mean? Like, it's it just the thing is too, with right. The articles. It's like I really hope no one thinks that I'm like calling people out and trying to like critic. I mean, I I wrote this pretty brutal critique of. This uh, this Australian artist that just put her. Did, did you hear about that? The the, the rabbits on D Street. That, I just saw her when there? I
1: went to the site there. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah, I, so, I mean, I wrote this. I mean, I almost kind of felt bad after I read it. I mean, it, it was pretty scathing of her work, and I mean, you know, it, it was deserved, and I would totally stand by it in terms of, um, like it's it's intellectually defensible on many levels. and I'd, I'd have no problem standing by what I wrote. But yet, as a human being, you don't want you don't want to like you know totally rip someone apart, <laughs> you know. But and and that's why in the last paragraph I kind of essentially apologized to her. But the point that I'm getting at is like she's not like a bad person. You know what I mean? It's it's not like she she did right. this to like to like be a bad person. In the same way, I don't think anybody is doing. I mean, whatever. I mean, like that's not what it's about. It's 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 more about writing about it to think about. Okay, so what what other options are there? You know what I mean? That's the real right. thing. It's not, it's not right, right or wrong. Right. It's not a moral thing. Oh. It's like gentrification. Like, it, gender, the, the way I say about gentrification, it's it's like the exact same thing of like, you know, how much diet Pepsi you drink. Right. That, not, right. that might not be a good example because we know diet Pepsi is not good for you. But hy- hypothetically speaking, how much diet Pepsi you drink is not a moral thing. It's not like right or wrong. The answer for diet Pepsi is just more, just drink more. you mean it's it's there's no moral component that accompanies that decision, and it's the same thing with gentrification it's It's not a right or wrong thing it's just more, more so it it, it right. operates you know it it operates very much like an addict, just more, more, more 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 and and you can't you can't quench it. it just demands right. a constant recirculation of of, of capital and property and people, you know, which is why, of course, people that are involved in the process of gentrification, this is why you always hear the neighborhood people saying, you know, people who live there for 40 years, they're always like, these people come and go in two years or three years and then they leave. They don't care about the neighborhood. And it's like, yeah, of course, because that's the whole point. That's the system they're involved with is a constant recirculation of ideas, technology, and capital. It's continually regenerating itself and multiplying itself and dispersing itself. So yeah, of course, but but that's not a but the point that I'm getting at is that that's not a moral thing. It's not like these people are bad people for living in a place for two years and their job sends them to Shanghai. It's that's just how the system is. So the right. question doesn't become right or wrong. It becomes all right. So what kind of new system can we have? You know. Right, right, right. Great point.
1: And I think uh, again, they uh, you know one of the things that was explained to me recently was that you know, when you think about the, the yuppies, the, you know, the people coming in, they, they are, they, there's more of a fear element than an arrogance element. They are in a situation, they just grew up in the suburbs. They don't understand a the city.
0: They don't understand yeah, they're not the even more like it's, city. now it's not even, that's another thing. People are like, Oh, they're, they're from Wellesley or Needham or something like that. But now they're like from Brazil or Dubai or China. I mean, it's this whole yeah, different yeah. thing happening now. it's, it's 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 this whole different thing. It's it's not just people from the suburbs. You're, you're talking about cities becoming global global entities, where there's right. no Boston. That's, I mean, you hate to say it now, but there really isn't Boston anymore. I mean, Boston's just a right. you know a, a right. location that happens to be on the inner harbor of Massachusetts Bay. But it's not like a like. There's no Boston. It like there's no Boston in Boston. Like the spirit of Boston is gone. It's it's, it's not Boston right. anymore. It's just That's this right. place where all these That's random or right. all these random people live. Yeah, you're right. You know, you're right. but you know, right. but uh, but of course, from like the marketing perspective of Boston, they have to say how much Boston is there. You know, which is like you sure. know the whole well, Boston branding. strong thing. To me, was like was kind of like an obscenity in the sense that. Sure, well. No, I mean. I mean, of course, like what I mean. Obviously, what happened was just like this ultimate tragedy, and of course, coming together. But it's it's like um, the point that I'm getting at is that Boston Strong was much more strong in its like marketing T-shirt than it was as an actual fact. That's the point that I'm getting at. Right. You know, it's like it's like now, like all reality is like like the reality of put it this way: the reality of Boston is much more. In like Goodwill hunting, or like a marketing flyer, or a whatever, then it is actually in Boston. You mean it's like it's it's living on the internet now versus living inside of our daily lives. That's that's the point that yeah, I'm trying to make. It's branding. It's branding. Though. Yeah, of course, it's branding. You know. Exactly. Yeah, because I mean, what would you? I mean, if you were going to literally brand Boston right now, like very authentically and honestly, I mean, what could you brand it as? I mean, it would be really right. hard because there really, there's really no unifying principle there anymore. It's just like this globalized exactly. thing exactly. of all these, like, you know, it's it's just like a, it's like a city of strangers, basically. You know what I mean exactly? So it's exactly. yeah. Whereas is like, it, the old days, you know, uh, your brand, you know, like is every neighborhood exactly had its like its, right. its own world, its own universe. Everybody knew everybody. It, exactly. You you could articulate the spirit <clears> of the, not just Boston but of the neighborhoods. Whereas now, you can't do that in a real way. You can only do it for, like, marketing flyers. You know what I mean? You can't do it really.
1: Right, exactly. You're right. It's, you know, what is it? Is it Vertex? Is it uh, Yahoo? Is it, you know, what is it, you know? Uh, Yeah. But again,
0: this this is the world, too. And just before I go, Tom, the last thing I wanted to say is that, and this is the last thing, it's not so much that Boston is being gentrified. It's that oh. literally our life is being gentrified. It's not Boston. Right. It's our life. You mean like life right. is being gentrified? Like you're like everybody's life is just descending into this this kind of unauthentic situation of like digital encounters and you know, surface relationships that are based on like, you know, business like, you know, business ties and it's it's descending away from the the reality <clears throat> of what it means to be human. So, again, to it's, it's me, it's not Boston's not being gentrified. It's like we're like we're being gentrified. Like we, as human beings, are being gentrified. We just happen to live in Boston. In the same way in New York, it's not so much New York is being gentrified. It's the people that live there, and they just happen to live Wait. in New York. That's that's the point but, that it really is. Well, again, <clears throat> every uh, time we have one of these encounters, they're brilliant. <clears throat>
1: Excuse the uh, tickle in my throat here, but <clears> throat> allergies. Brian, you want to, uh, We got to pick up the on this to, again, but I'd really yeah, like love to, to uh, love to see some because I know it's it's who you are. I'd love to see some some direction for the in, how does the individual deal with all of this?
0: Yeah, you know something, man. I totally don't even go there because it's like then you turn into <laughs> like some weird you turn into like some weird life coach, and it's like I'm kind of all set. With yeah, that. yeah. You know, it's, 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 <laughs> like it's you know, I mean, you just try to you know. I don't know, pick up uh, a yeah. pick up an old book of philosophy. They'll tell you how to do yep. You know, don't ask me. Right. You know, I just get it from them. Right. Right. Find your own path. You got this.
1: Yeah. Hey, thank you so much. It was uh, fantastic. I recommend everybody to uh to visit the um the site which is the gentrification of Boston and dot dot com. Is that right?
0: Yeah, gentrification dot com. Yep, that's it.
1: Yeah, brilliant stuff. Great, great, and not only um, brilliant, thought provoking, but also I think uh, you know very makes you it makes you change your outlook on what actually is occurring right now. All
0: right, Brian, Thank thanks, thanks so you. much,
1: man. All right, bye, bye. okay, bye. bye. Take care, bye, bye.